This episode is brought to you by HP. When you're working apart from your team, feeling connected can be a challenge. Presenting HP Presence, a more thoughtful, human collaboration technology. With enhanced audio and video features, you can experience more genuine collaboration and feel more connected. Be in the room, from any room, with HP Presence. Learn more at hp.com forward slash presence. Hi, everybody. Enough of that. Hi, everybody. And welcome Kavanaugh? To- yeah, that's the Kavanaugh song. Yeah, that's the Kavanaugh that's song. Incredible. Wow, I'm yeah. kind of low-key a little jealous. I can get you one made. Hi, everyone. It's Jeff Kavanaugh here of the Jeff Kavanaugh Show. I'm used to saying of something else, but it's just me. Uh, and welcome to my room. And welcome to the kitchen of Kelsey Charles, which could be a setup for a joke that we can't make anymore. Yes. But Kelsey is in the kitchen. That's where Kelsey. she is right now. Yes. And you, you can find Kelsey on Girls Talking Boys. You can find Kelsey on DallasCowboys.com to start night. You can find Kelsey all over the place. Hello, Kelsey Charles, and happy birthday! Thank you so much, Jeffrey. I just have to say I'm excited to be here with you guys. From my kitchen, coming to you all live. Listen, I may sit in here a lot, but um, I'm not doing a lot of work in here. So, you know, maybe someone give me some cooking lessons for my birthday. Thank you so, so much. You just Google it. You just Google it up. Okay, so there's all sorts of millions and millions and millions of cowboy things going yeah. on with Tank Lawrence, Amari Cooper, Dalton Schultz, blah, 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 blah. And everybody hates Stephen and Jerry. So we got lots of stuff to talk about. But first, uh, today is Kelsey's birthday. And for Kelsey's birthday, today, the Super Chats, anybody who sends a Super Chat, any sort of donation... We will be giving monies to MVP, Yay! which is Merging Vets and Players. It is, uh, Jay Glazer started it, and it's an organization that we've met with people in Dallas, and I'm going to go see him again this week, and it's incredible what they do for veterans and for former players, and so today's show and today's stream is raising money for them, so if you send a super chat like my buddy Kilgore did to start the show off, it will go to a wonderful cause. Look at Formula in the building. He's always in the building. <laughs> uh, welcome back from Aspen. Yes. Thank you. Well, not Aspen, but yeah, close enough. Yes. So hi, that's the that's the plan today. To talk some yes. Cowboys, to talk some maybe Combine and Draft, mm. and to see if we can't make some monies for a good cause. How about that? I love that idea. Yeah, some of you have been asking me, you know, what you can do for my birthday. Yes, we are indeed going to get some uh, Beverginos this evening, but it would make my heart swell if we could, you know, do a little good. So, you know, I don't know, like maybe we set a goal, like I'm turning 32. Should we try and hit like $320 throughout the entire day? Like, is that a viable opportunity you think? Like maybe, yes, maybe. What are we thinking? I was thinking $3.2 million. Oh, I love that too. Like that. Yeah, if we could make $3.2 million. Now we're currently already at, because of formula, we're at, there's 100, Randy Walker, that's five. And then 20 from Kilgore. We're at 125 right out of the gate. Let's go. So we can just do a sports show now and re-hit it. We'll re-hit the theme if more and more people show up. How about that? Thank you, Eddie Joe. Happy birthday, Kelsey. Uh, Uh, Okay, so. The NFL Combine is fun because, one, it's fun to watch people run fast, jump high, and do all those things. Two, 
it's fun because all the really important people get together and they start yeah. yelling at each other and talking about stuff. And Stephen Jones goes up to Tank Lawrence's uh, agent and he's like, hey, what do you guys think about taking a pay cut? And he's like, no. Nah, man. Uh, but we start getting those stories. So we get the stories. And so now the stories that everybody wants to talk about is, you know, are the Cowboys going to release Amari Cooper, which I think they are. Mm-hmm. Are the Cowboys going to re- release Tank Lawrence, which I don't know. Are the Cowboys going to franchise tag Dalton Schultz, or are they going to get him a long-term deal, or what in the world is going on? Sure. And so we got all the things, all the things that we have to talk about. Yeah. Thank you to Kyle. Thank you to Isaiah. It's 22 I, more. Thank you guys so much. I'm like overwhelmed already by what we're doing. Um, I, I, I did want to quickly, before we like jump in, it is incredible to me. I think it's just a... a a subject of being a part of, you know, this team and, and covering it, or even just being a fan, like how quickly the narratives have changed, right? Like, I feel like it was two weeks ago and we were sitting here and saying, Oh, I mean, Dalton Schultz is going to go get the bag. Like he's not here anymore. Right. Like he's gone and we're going to, you know, it's going to be like signing these other guys to talk about like Randy Gregory and, and things like that. I will say like, there are guys like Bobby Bell who were definitely calling for this, you know, a while ago. So like definitely kudos to him on that. But I feel like the large, majority you know it was Dalton Schultz is not going to be in the building it was like especially in light of the Blake Jarwin news it it feels like we might as well just guarantee it unless something ridiculous happens yeah and if anybody hadn't seen the Blake Jarwin news anytime I see an announcement that basically a uh an injury is not common to football I assume the career's over and I don't like I don't know anything about I just know that it said hip surgery that is not normally a football injury and in my brain, it immediately goes, uh-oh. Yeah. Um, so Blake Jarwin, I don't know. I don't know what it looks like going forward. I just know that I get very worried when I see that it's something there. It's like, oh, yeah, this doesn't really happen in football. And I'm like, oh, okay, all right. Uh, and so that's probably where the Dalton Schultz potential franchise tag thing comes in. And I still hate it. Do I you? Hate it. Why? Okay. I hate it. <sighs> okay, here we go. Yeah, Let's let's hear the whole spiel. So sometimes I get way too balanced in when I'm analyzing football because I think a lot of people right now think that Jerry and or Stephen Jones are idiots. Like that's all I see now. Where it's like, oh, you're going to cut Amari Cooper and keep Dalton Schultz. You guys, these guys are idiots. That's why they can't win. And two months ago, the entire world was like, this team can win the Super Bowl. So the same idiots who put together a team that everybody thought was going to win the Super Bowl are now idiots again because they didn't win the playoff game and what they might do going forward with the roster. It's weird. Uh, But if you have the option to have Amari Cooper or Dalton Schultz on your football team and you're choosing Dalton Schultz, I think you're wrong. I just think you're wrong. Well, now that's not the case. If your plan is well, Amari counts for $22 million this year and he counts for $22 million next year. And Dalton Schultz, I can get for way less than that. And I could get him for one year on the tag, then let him go and then move forward and have all this cap space. Like it doesn't have to be a one for one thing. Letting go of Amari Cooper. If they cut Amari Cooper and then sign Dalton Schultz to a three or four year deal for big money, then I would say, oh, wow, they legitimately chose Dalton Schultz over Amari Cooper. Right. That seems stupid. Right. But if they opt for a one-year deal with a tight end to then let him go and have money again next year, then you didn't really choose Dalton Schultz over Amari Cooper. 
you chose cheaper plus flexibility over the wide receiver. So like it's not necessarily one for one unless Dalton Schultz gets a huge three or four year deal while you cut Amari Cooper. Then you did. You chose Dalton Schultz over Amari Cooper. And to me, that would be crazy. That would right. be insanity. Yes. I think I have to give as much as I, I, I think you guys are going to cringe when I say this. You at least have to give this front office some credit in, in recent contracts because of the ability to get them like they have been able to do with like the Amari. And honestly, they knew going into this DAC deal that they were going to have to restructure it. And when you restructure, you get under that cap. And then, you know, it's it's about getting under the cap by the deadline, right? But then you got some moves to make. And this team is in a position where there's several key moves they do have to make decisions about. So by releasing Amari, you inevitably give yourself that space to be able to make some moves. And Dalton would be what, 11.5, 11.8, I think is what the number is right now. And you can afford that if you do those two things. I think, too, the one thing that I keep hearing is it's Amari versus uh, with Dalton, Gallup, Wilson. I mean, it's, it's, it's coming up with that crew right there versus Amari. I'd love to get your take on that because I, you know, as much as I see the financials, it is very hard for me to believe that you are making your team better by releasing Amari Cooper. Yeah, you're not. You're not. Um, you could probably keep Michael Gallup and Cedric Wilson for the price of Amari Cooper, but I still think that's bad business. Right. Because a real-life number one wide receiver is worth more than a number two and a maybe number three wide receiver. And so you got to figure out what all is going into that. Uh, like I like Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup is way more replaceable than Amari Cooper. Correct. I like Cedric Wilson. I would actually rather Cedric Wilson go somewhere else because I'd rather have CeeDee Lamb playing in the slot and Cedric can't play anywhere else. Uh, so when you start talking about Amari Cooper or, my answer is almost always going to be Amari Cooper. But we're also not in the building. Like I know people have probably heard this before. Jerry was clearly agitated by the vaccination stuff, which I will not take questions or comments on, okay? It's incredibly political. We're not going to do it. Um, but yeah, it goes into like the guys that the organization wants on the team. Do they love Gallup? Does Dak love Gallup and Cedric Wilson? I know they're buddies. I know they're all good friends. I think Amari's a good friend, but I don't know it to the same level that I know he's buddies with uh, Gallup and Cedric. But the goal is to have the best team. And getting rid of Amari Cooper is going to make it harder for your team to be good on paper. Is and even, the is goal even, is to be better. And I, it's going to be really hard to be better without Amari. Is it even fair to take the entire last season for Amari Cooper, considering the fact that he didn't play the entire full season and say like, oh, he was, you know, compare him, quite frankly, compare him at all. I mean, do we really think that it was, it was, that different, that bad. I just look at a guy like that. And even when you could try to go full Bill Belichick and like catch people on the, de on the decline. Right. And be like, all right, like, it's been great. Thanks so much. Like, see you later. But like, I can't say that I agree that he's quite there yet. And I just really feel like this team just isn't as far off to be as competitive as they need to be as maybe people are making it out to seem. And I just, I have a really hard time believing that a dime store dollar store strategy is going to get you Neiman Marcus results. And I said that yesterday and I'm just, it feels a little like wheelie and dealy to me to ultimately get the job done. 
so I think I think there's a couple of things. One, I think that a lot of Cowboy fans do think that this team is close, and it's why when the news cycle gets to where it is now, where it's Tank Lawrence, really good player, and you might get rid of him to save some money. Amari Cooper, really good player, and you might get rid of him to save some money. We're trying to win the Super Bowl. But th- those are also the realities of a league that has a salary cap. Like anybody out there right now, you could go to overthecap.com and look up the Cowboys, right? And they've got this cool little tab where you can flip through, like, I want to trade a guy before June 1st, or I want to trade a guy after June 1st, or I want to restructure a guy. And they'll show you everything you can do with every contract on the Cowboys. And so I think for some reason, a lot of people view it as you're getting rid of good players. And I don't even know where the logic goes after that. Because you're not getting, you wouldn't be getting rid of Amari Cooper because you don't like Amari Cooper. You'd be getting rid of Amari Cooper because you're going to look at your salary cap where all your monies are and you're going to say, ooh, okay, we got to keep free agents. We got to draft our draft class. We got to be under the cap. How are we going to do all this? And on their roster, there's a limited number of options. One of them is they will restructure Dak Prescott. That'll happen. Right. That'll save him 15 million bucks. After that, there's a few other guys you can do that with, but a lot of them you don't want to because let's say I restructure Ezekiel Elliott, who's getting older, slower, less effective every year. I could restructure him and save a bunch of money, but then a year from now, I can't get rid of him. I'm stuck and he's making more because I pushed his money back. So there's a lot of guys you don't want to do that with. So it's not releasing if they do Amari Cooper, because we don't think Amari Cooper's good. It's because we have to figure out which of these guys is going to be here long-term. Who is it safe to move money around so that we have money so that we can sign player X? Uh, And that's just where they are. That's the realities of the Cowboys cap situation is that they have to make tough decisions on good players. I don't know why I would just restructure Amari because I think he's really good. But maybe they're looking at it as, look, we got over $20 million a year going to one receiver who didn't get a thousand yards, who his foot, his calf, his ankle, like different things are banged up at different times. There's things that people like to pick apart about Amari Cooper. Uh, But again, I do go back to one. This is the reality of a salary cap league. Owners are really good at making money. They put in a cap, which automatically turns you against the players because it's like, Oh no, he wants this much money. We only have so much to spend while they get their billions. Uh, But yeah, the reality is they have to do some of these things they have to uh quick reminder. go ahead oh, i was gonna say quick reminder for you guys we're doing super chats for charity for emerging vets and players mvp uh i do want to kind of build upon that if you don't mind and ask you a couple questions that we got um on the social media unless you have some super chats that you do want to address first my friend thank you sarah who has been with me for like 11 and a half years since i started at the fan thank you sarah for donating to the mvp fund thank you william reeves for donating to the MVP fund. All right. Oh, so And Maxwell. Why should I have any confidence this front office can get, can get past the divisional round? Totally. Eh, you, do, you shouldn't. <laughs> okay. You shouldn't. So I actually do want to ask you this because uh, Beaston25 underscore eight asked, he said, how, or I don't know he at all. It's Omar. Yes, that's a he. How will the offense change now they seemed intent on running Lamb at X and Wilson in the slot? Uh, I think it'll change. Is the point where he can be your ex? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, 
I like CD in the slot better, but I also like every great receiver in the slot better because it just makes it easier on you because you can move guys around. It's harder to play press coverage, things of that nature. Uh, but yeah, I think CD can be a number one. But when you get, when you take away the number one, uh, I'll give an example. Pittsburgh, when they had Antonio Brown and Juju Smith-Schuster came into the league, and I don't remember if it was like his second year in the league, something like that. And Juju was voted the team MVP because nobody liked Antonio Brown, and they both had like 1,400 yards. And then Antonio Brown wasn't a stealer anymore. And Juju Smith-Schuster was, man, he's going to get 1,500 yards. He doesn't have Antonio Brown taking catches from him anymore. Right. Except that ain't how it works. Because now, Juju Smith-Schuster, a.k.a. CeeDee Lamb, you become priority number one for my defense. I pay more attention to you than I did before because before it was Amari Cooper's attention. Now it all comes to you. Uh, I think CD can be a number one, but life is better when you have two of them. Uh, Not wrong. And none of that matters if they can't remember how to block because second half of last year, CD and Amari were both double covered. Teams were daring you to throw to the tight end or run the ball. And the Cowboys said, okay, and they threw the tight end. Now Dalton Schultz is going to get a bunch of money because teams were like, I dare you to throw it to that dude. And the Cowboys were like, okay. Can you imagine what the conversation must be like with Blake? And, you know, obviously Dalton and Blake are friends. And the fact that, you know, Blake had to go through this surgery that I don't know how expected or unexpected it was. But I have to imagine it might be a bit of an uncomfortable interaction being that you are close and then now, because of your circumstances, like one of your best friends is about to benefit and like you could lose your job. Like that must be a weird position to be in. Those are supposed to be my catches. Those are supposed to be my yards. <laughs> right. My touchdowns. Right. Uh, thank you to Anthony Gonzalez as well on the Kelsey Charles birthday show where we are fundraising for MVP, Merging Vets and Players. We are. Uh, you can look them up on the internet, especially if you are. Uh, a veteran or a former professional athlete. That's who they work with. Uh, we work with multiple different people. If you are not a former player or a veteran and you could use some mental health assistance and some friends, some homies, check out NAMI North Texas. That is a free service for everybody. MVP is free as well. That's why we love them. Yes. Healthcare is important. Your brain is important. And not everybody's got a bunch of money to go to a therapist all the time. So Take care of your mentals, kids. Um, okay, so Mike Crum asked this, does Lamb, Gallup, and said at wide receiver equal you drafting a wide receiver this year, or is that a three wide receiver set that you're actually comfortable with? And again, like this is a narrative last season, right? Like going into the year, we're like, okay, so, you know, is this the best three wide receiver set that exists in the NFL? Like you have the potential of reaching – thousand yards each right like this is incredible we are blessed stacked and now here we are saying okay uh are we okay with what could potentially be left over it's funny because i think it's kind of dangerous like going into last year yeah i thought the cowboys probably had one of the two or three best receiving cores in football maybe number one but outside of the first six weeks everything fell apart and so maybe as the front office you look at it and you realize oh that could have been fun, except we couldn't protect our quarterback. We couldn't run the ball, and so it didn't matter because they just had enough defensive backs back there to take away whatever receivers you had. And so maybe 
as a front office, you're like, maybe we need to reallocate and realize that we got to block. We got we got to protect and we got to be able to run the ball and all these different things. But a part of me goes back to when they had to trade for Amari Cooper. And I say had to trade because their offense was bad. That was what Michael Gallup rookie year, Cole Beasley and Terrence Williams. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, no, no, no. Alan Hearns. I think T. Will was gone. I think it was Hearns. Yeah, it was Alan and Hearns. It, and I was like, yeah, we're just going to do receiver by committee. <laughs> that don't work. Uh, so getting rid of good receivers is, is kind of scary, but I do think that um, Lamb, Gallup, Wilson gives you somewhere between an okay and good receiving group, but I would probably be picking one in the first three rounds. Now, if you have no Cooper and either Wilson or Gallup is gone, then I would get ready for a receiver in the first two rounds, which is good because I love receivers. It's my favorite thing to draft. We should draft all of them. And somebody in the chat asked, Jeff, what's on your shirt? Therapy is cool. Hashtag therapy is cool. Oh, you guys stay tuned because I'm actually going to have, I'm going to help Jeff. And by help, I mean force Jeff to make some really cool uh, captain. What is it? Trade down shirts. Like Trade down. Yeah, we're going to make those for you guys this season. So be prepared for that because I am personally invested in the cause because I would like to wear one. Thank you so much. Well, um, then make them for me. I'm going to. Uh, someone asked us to repeat the organizations we were talking about. NAMI uh, North Texas is the one that Jeff was mentioning, which is going to be free for you all. If you are specifically interested in the one we're raising money for today, it's NBP, which is Merging Vets and Players, which is a support group. And it's a really cool program funded by Jay Glazer, or founded by, I should say. And um, they bring together guys that are coming, women as well. When I say guys, I mean people in general. Um, those that are retired players and also um, retired veterans. So helping them just get back into civilization again and really, you know, bringing together a group of people that maybe truly just understand each other's issues individually. So it's, it was really cool. We went, it was amazing. It was one of the coolest experiences of my life and um, definitely worthy of your dollars. If you can make it happen. KG from DC said love for you both and the vets. Also don't forget that your number one DB will need a new check next year. And Micah the year after love you both. It's true. That's the thing the Cowboys do. They're always paying attention to who they're going to have to pay later, and they're always a year or two ahead of these things. So, like, what everybody's outraged about right now, the Cowboys already knew where they were headed. Um, they knew all of these things. I do want to talk about the long-term plan, but I also want to talk about – you mentioned Michael Gallup. Um, so, I guess for me, like, I I wanted to get your thoughts on Michael Gallup. and Because, again, like, tearing your ACL was – a obviously, it's a devastating injury. Like, we were rooting for him last year, and then to see him go down like that, it just – sucks like you like him as a player you're like hey like this is a guy that can add value to the field also you know personally invested in him because he's just a good person from what we can tell in the interactions we have with him but in terms of you know availability come the beginning of the of the year you know if we're talking about bringing him back like how how confident do you feel that he can be a contributor come day one uh, I'm pretty confident. I just, well, he, gosh, he held off on the surgery and we never really got an explanation or a reason for it. Uh, but I think he'll be ready whether it's in time for OTAs or training camp or the season. I just don't picture, I guess, an ACL in the year 2022 of our Lord, uh, as something that really keeps you down 
more than six or eight months. Like it doesn't end careers. Once upon a time it did. So I am not worried about Michael Gallup at all. I'm not worried about him at all. It'll be interesting to see what this group looks like though. With If Amari Cooper, which I don't think he will be, if he's not a part of it, if they don't try to reload even more in the draft and they just try to run it back with the guys that they've got, I'll be interested to see how that looks. I, and I gotta be, I gotta be honest. Part of me wonders if this team is kind of asking the quarterback, Hey, which guys do you like? And if he's like, I love Gallup. Funny. You say that we got a question about that. I was just about to ask you, you little mind reader. Rick Gonzalez literally said, how much influence is Dak holding right now on the wide receiver with what's going on? Like Gallup and Setter, his dudes. So I'm going to ask some people. I'm going to ask some people. I'm going to ask some people. Because we both have people that we can ask to try to find things out. Sure. And and I do think you'd be a dumb football team if you didn't ask your quarterback who's going to be the quarterback for the next at least two or three years just because of contractually. uh, He's going to be here. So my success is predicated on you being able to do your job very well. Right. That's, that's how we're going to win is my quarterback does well. You got to ask him like, Hey, how are you good with him? Do you like him? What about him? Like I, I need to know these things. Right. And will you value that input? Yeah. It's just a matter of how much, like I would value my quarterback's input a lot until he vouched for somebody and it turned out they sucked. And then I'd be like, okay, I asked you, you said, yes, he can't play. I, you know, I'll still ask you, but I'm not really going to pay attention to what you say. <laughs> you said it with like that, like very passive aggressive smile on your face too. That just makes, it's like super triggering where <laughs> you're like telling me that you care, but really you're just like throwing me the middle finger. Love yes. that. Yeah. Thank you to Daniel. Who's contributing to the MVP fund of the day. Good Monday, Jeff and Kelsey and happy birthday, Kelsey. Thank you guys so much. Uh, If you're just now joining, we are indeed raising money because it's my birthday. And uh, as you all know, I do love to do a little bit of giving back. So does Jeff too. We both care about mental health. So we're going to go do some super chats for charity. MVP is a charity that we are going to be giving money to today. So just so you are aware, should we talk about the defensive side of the ball um, in terms of the topics out there? Or do you want to keep it on the offense? I don't care. I'm just here. It's your birthday. You do what you want. I like when you say things like that, my friend. I would indeed like to talk about that because I just feel like, you know, if, if we're looking at the retention of a guy like DQ, Dan Quinn, I for one was shocked that he stayed around. I think we all know by now that he had the chance to go wherever, you know, some of those places that he was looking at going, he could have gotten those jobs. He wanted them and he opted to not. And you know what? At this point in time, like I'm not complaining. Seeing what he did last year, I'm here for it. But what tools are going to be in his toolbox to make an impact come this year if some of these, you know, key impact players are no longer in the building? Well, I do think the most important player on defense last year was Micah Parsons. So you'll have Micah Parsons. And the second most important might have been Trayvon Diggs. You'll have Trayvon Diggs. The thing is, is that Tank Lawrence made this defense, I want to say the word a lot better, because you can measure it, like games or even just plays where he was in versus when he was out. Their pressure percentage, their sack percentage, the points per drive, the yards per play, the turnovers, like everything went up when Tank Lawrence was on the field. So without him, it becomes a little bit different, because then I look at the guys who you've got playing on the edge, and I say, okay, I assume you're bringing Randy Gregory back. 
and I'll have him. Outside of that, what do you got? Terrell Basham, Chauncey Golston. Like, you just got guys. Right. Uh, unless you're going to free Micah Parsons, let him play there a whole, whole bunch. Uh, so they that, that'll be a challenge for them. The thing is, is because somebody on the Twitch chat, uh, this, by the way, you can find the show on Twitch, YouTube, uh, under Jeff Cavanaugh, both of them, and on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all those different places afterwards gets uploaded there. You're Mr. Worldwide, aren't you? Look at you. That's right. That's me. Hello, Internet. Um, thank you, DVM, for the donation. <laughs> Appreciate you Where's guys. going? Okay, yeah, it's it's so it's funny because somebody in the Twitch chat was like, "Look, you're not. There's no way you can say the team will be better next year, given the offseason losses and current draft position." And I agree with that, kind of. I agree that by the time free agency and the draft are over, let's say Amari Cooper's gone, Tank Lawrence is gone. Okay. Whatever you've drafted and whatever you've signed, on paper, your team is going to be worse than the team that just lost in the first round of the playoffs, 100%. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean you can't have a better team because you can have a better team if you can block. It like That is what happened the last two months of the year that ruined everything. You couldn't block a four-man rush so they can drop seven guys in coverage and you don't have time to throw. Offense ain't going to work like that. Right. It ain't going to work. So you can have this almost historic turnover parade on defense and you're pressuring the quarterbacks and you're intercepting passes. And overall, you scored the most points and had the most yards. It sounds like an incredible team, but the last two months of the year, you couldn't block. So if you take away a good defensive player and a number one wide receiver, even though he was under a thousand yards last year with some games missed, if you take away those things, but you promise me that you can protect your quarterback and that that quarterback has had an offseason to sort of, I don't know the word. Like, it's not like he's, like, someone used the word like refocus, but it's not like Dak Prescott's not focused. Maybe reboot because you're coming off major ankle injury, then the calf on the same leg hurts. Okay. Then there's personal life things off the, like, I think Dak needs to <clears throat> chill out, get healthy. Wait, one more time. I just think he needs to. <clears throat> Okay, thank you. Chill out, relax, come back healthy and decisive and feeling physically good and you can block, then this team could be better. They won't be better on paper because you're missing two potentially Pro Bowl players, but you can be better. Yeah. So I guess I want to ask you, you know, when you talk about the refocusing thing, I think that's a talking point that, and I want to dive more into the actual like Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory thing really quickly, but this is a quick sidebar because I think it is interesting. How much do you think mentally this team was impacted, you know, at the towards the end of the season? Like how much do you think that played a role in things? Because I just I really do feel like, and again, like people just have skewered me for it, and I don't care. Like I'm fine with that. Like it's it's fine. But like across the board, they really did have a pretty talented team. And they obviously at times were able to put the pen to paper and make it happen. If you can do it once, you can do it again. But it really is all about consistency. Like games and sports are almost as much mental at times as they can be just, you know, in terms of preparation. Like how how ready are you for this? Like how strong are you mentally? Do you, how much do you think that actually did play a factor in this team's 
I guess, dare I even say lack of success, especially on the, on the home stretch. Oh, I think it, I think it affects you, but I think it affects your most important player, right? Like, I don't think at any point guys on the defense weren't confident. And I don't think at any point going into a game that anybody on the offense wasn't confident, even though they weren't playing consistent football. I just think that you had a quarterback who, after a major injury, hurt something on that same leg. And then when he came back, wasn't able to be protected to have time to throw to his receivers. And so, like, it doesn't matter how mentally tough you are or how focused you are or how confident you are going into it. You're going to start developing bad habits. And with Dak, I think he became indecisive at times when he knew, God, the way they're playing, I need to take off and run. It's like, yeah, but this calf, um, and you can almost see the wheels turning where it's like, he's not as decisive as he needs to be. And you combine that with the things that they weren't able to do. And it spelled incredibly inconsistent football. So what you need is healthy, confident, decisive Dak and some guys who can block. And I think you'll, your entire team will be incredibly confident. Micah Parsons is a dog. You're not going to make the defense not be confident because they're going to see that dude playing and you got to (laughs) go. All right. So I do want to quickly, do you have any super chats to cover off before I ask another question? Because I don't think so. In super chats today, it's super chat for charity for MVP merging vets and players, the local Dallas chapter of that. Um, So, you know, veterans and former professional athletes who in a lot of ways probably struggle with similar things have a great place for camaraderie, for sharing, for, I don't think they use the word therapy, but I mean, it's essentially group therapy and workout and it's kick ass. So we're raising money for MVP today for Kelsey's birthday. Hello. We are indeed doing that. So we've talked a lot about like restructuring Dak's contract, but what are the odds? And and do you think it's even a possibility? Do you think this team is considering doing that with the likes of the DeMarcus Lawrence or Amari? Because it seems like it's a do or die. The narrative right now, like, Hey, no, nah, we're just going to go ahead and like talk about cutting him before we talk about like any creative financial resolution instead. Like, why is that? And is that, is that just mean like, Hey, they're not even considering alternatives right now. So I think this is why a lot of people, a lot of Cowboy fans are mad at the Cowboys right now, because in your brain you say, Hey, is Tank Lawrence really good? And the answer is yes. And if he's really good, well then I want him on my team. And so I would keep him and Amari Cooper is really good and I want him. So I'm going to keep him on my team. And the salary cap realities are that it's the Joneses and Will McClay's job to look at all these different guys and say, okay, Tank Lawrence is good, but if we restructure him, he's about to be a defensive end on the wrong side of 30, and we're going to move back a guy who currently is going to count $27 million against the cap. Next year, it's 29. If instead of cutting him, we restructure him to save money, well, the next year, our guy who's going to be on his way to over the hill, we owe 30-something million dollars to, and we can't get rid of him. <laughs> and with Amari Cooper, they've purposefully never restructured him so yeah. that they had the flexibility to get out of it. And if I had to guess, it would be injury-related. like, And maybe not even injury, but hurts. Because he doesn't miss a bunch of games with injury. It's right. just constantly like, yeah, but he's you know fighting through this, and he's fighting through that, and he's fighting through this. And so they just don't want to be in long-term situations with guys that they don't feel comfortable with long-term. 
So if you got rid of, say, Tank and Amari, you cut them both, then not only are you giving yourself what you need in terms of cap space this year to do what you got to do, but then a year from now, you would have $51 million that you don't have if those two are on the team. So it's just they're trying to do a long-term thinking while they try to win. And to most sports fans, it's like, I don't care about later. I care about today. And I'm actually more in line with the way that the Cowboys do it, where I'm not going to intentionally put myself at a disadvantage later to give myself an incremental advantage today. I think they do it right. But I understand why people are mad because people just want to win right this second. You want to do everything wow. you can. Bold words coming from one Jeffrey Kavanaugh today. I know. I mean, I just feel like what you just told me is that you are not subscribing to the Saints theories. You don't want to be like them. Like where they're just restructuring. What I can't even imagine covering that team. Like, do they have any dollars to spend on anyone? Like, I, I, I that's a no for me. Who, the Cowboys? No, the Saints. Oh yeah, like that. Yeah, look at the Saints. Go look up their salary cap. Like they're they're gonna have to cut their whole team. The Packers <laughs> are the Packers are gonna have to cut their starting defense if they want to keep Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. And they'll have to cut more than just their defense. It'll be both the Smiths. It'll be like they'll have to go. And that's not, at least to me, that's not the way you want to do things. The way you want to do things is to keep it. Like when you look at the guys, you have an opportunity to restructure to save money. Tell me if you're confident that they'll be on the team in 2023 mm -hmm. and playing at a high level. And if your answer is yes, then go ahead. Yeah, cap's going up, move some money. You want to restructure Dak? Sure, they will. They'll save $15 million there. The other name that I would do, Zach Martin. They can save $7.5 million by restructuring Zach Martin. I think he'll still be here two years from now playing at a high level. But guys that play defensive end and are getting towards the age where you go, eh, and like Zeke. You could save 10 million bucks, restructure Zeke. Hell no, because I'm trying to get out of that contract as soon as I can. So you don't touch that. And that's the thing is anybody could just say yes. Every switch that we've built into these contracts, flip them all. We're trying to win the Super Bowl this year. But you would get to a year from now, two years from now, and you'd be like, all right, now we can cut this guy and save $2 million and we have to eat $25 million. Well, the rest of the league is not here eating $100 million. Right. They're going to be spending. And right. so I don't hate the way the Cowboys are doing this. I What I hate, here, okay, here we go. Hold on, let me get my rant, my rant music ready. <laughs> oh, let me get to Oh, no, I got the wrong one. No, well, no. I one. One. No. Oh. I swore I had something different. Hold on, I got to check something. Real quick. Yeah, there it is. There it is. Okay. Oh. I hate that the Cowboys <laughs> you guys. suck at negotiating. Every single freaking player. <laughs> Zeke holds out. What do the Cowboys do? <laughs> Their punishment to Zeke for holding out Go to Mexico. after his third year is they're like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to. We're going to just find somebody else to pay and show you that we, we'll only pay if you show up. He didn't show up. And you folded and you gave him everything he wanted. And now Zeke's contract guarantees an extra year out and he plays running back. That's a stupid contract. So you got that on the books. So you got Jalen Smith on the books who got a second contract even though he couldn't play. And then you got Tank Lawrence who was like, I'm not going to have my offseason surgery until you pay me. And they were like, yeah, I bet you won't. 
And it was like, yes, I will. And it was like, crap, okay, here's all your money. And then Dak, it was like, how about you pay me after my third year? And they're like, $27 million is way too much for Dak Prescott. So what did I end up paying? 45! (laughs) Because every time the Joneses get in negotiation, they're like, yeah, we got the numbers that are right. They'll they'll, they'll sign for this because it's the right number. And every time the agents are like, no. And you're going to lose my guy. And then they go, crap. And they pay him. (laughs) And so now you end up in the spot where, yes, you have hard decisions on really good players. Why? Because you get spanked in every negotiation and stuck in contracts. Okay, that was that. That So you think it's an ego thing. Honestly, like I need someone. I really need someone to clip that off because that was phenomenal. And uh, one of you, Jeff Heath, this is a go. I saw Jeff Heath the other day, and uh, that was, you know, so thumbs up for that. Anyways. Um, he's doing well, guys. He's doing well. Uh, anyways, <laughs> you know what, though? It is funny you say that because it feels like that's one of the things that this front office and maybe the family, dare I say, like prides himself on. But when you look at the facts on paper, you're like, it doesn't exactly add up or it make at least make you look great. I they think that, that they're really good at negotiating. They really do. They try to win every deal. And by trying to win every deal, they've gotten smoked in every deal. Yeah. All of them. I'm in a negotiating class right now in grad school. And so I think I can offer some assistance. And um, there's a thing called, it's a, there's a BATNA. And there's also like, there's a, there's a, an operating zone of which you should know, like your reservation price. And it feels like the, the Cowboys have been getting caught at their reservation price uh, at every single Angle. What are you saying? I'm what are saying, these words you're using? <laughs> I'm just saying it's not going well for the team. I do want to ask you though, you're talking a lot about the future. And Chip I- said happy birthday, Kelsey, and he donated to the fund for today. Thank you, Chip, and thank you, Ecuador man. We appreciate you guys. Today is a uh it's super chats for charity on the YouTube page. So if you uh do a super chat. The proceeds are going to go to our friends at MVP, Merging Vets and Players, the Dallas chapter. So you will be doing a good thing for kick-ass people if you're donating today. Um, I do want to ask you, though, we talk a lot in the past about, you know, is this a do-or-die time for a team, right? And, like, I remember, like, the Romo era, right, when it was, like, Romo and Witten, and then you had Dez, and you were like, okay, like, this is this is it. Like, we don't have a ton of time. Like, you have to win, and you got to win now. At what point do you hit that narrative with this team? And then I want to talk about future things, too, because we really haven't hit on draft. And, like, obviously, Combine was last week because, you know, are there viable solutions? I haven't heard a ton of incredible things about the candidates in the current draft class, and I need to know if that's just a fallacy and we should see through that narrative. This is a kick-ass draft class. I love it. Uh, it's just not, it's, it's not kick-ass up at the very top of it. Okay. Like the top pass rushers and the top, there's no quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So like maybe it turns out that Malik Willis or Kenny Pickett or Matt Corral or whoever turns into an NFL star. Small but hands normally man. we talk, what's that? Small hands, man. Yeah. Tiny hands. <laughs> well, he's double jointed, so he can't get it to, do what he wants it to do. Did you guys hear that though? Like if you want to actually be able to measure your hands, like they, they said, take a piece of printer paper and that's eight and a half inches, obviously. And so if you do that, that's how you can tell for sure. Like if you have small hands or not. And oh, hold on. I think I have a piece of paper in the room. I'm hold just on. saying like, if you guys, I have playing, to walk around, hold on. 
No, wait, I'm going to do this too because, like, if I have bigger hands than Jeff Kavanaugh, whoops, then, um, you know. All right, I got, an old, I got an old live spot sheet here. Okay, let's go. Ah! You guys see this? Okay, on, so you want to be able to get across the page? Go ahead, go ahead and hold your hands up. Let's see it. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you guys, I really hope it's like this. <laughs> oh, hell. All right. I'm bigger than the page. You pass. Congrats. You're I can play quarterback in the time. league. Thank you, Tucker Worthington. Thank you, Young Wilson. Uh, yes, uh, it's a really fun draft class. I'll probably spend tomorrow's show talking an hour about the draft. I don't know. But, yeah, it's really fun. Really? Like and now with the combine, it got even more fun because there are so many of these dudes that are freaking freaks, like, in a good way. Uh, humans, I don't know how humans are able to be as athletic as they are, especially, like – uh Jordan Davis, Georgia defensive tackle. He is 6'6, 340. And he ran a 4'8 or a 4'7 something. something. This is 4'7'9. Excuse me. Freaky. Freaky. What? Uh, but yeah, yeah. It's a good, it's a fun draft class. It'll be good. It'll uh, you actually, I wanna I wanted to talk about some like something else to do real quickly because I thought this was good. We rarely get a chance to talk to Will McClay uh before the draft. And you guys on your on your other show that you do, um, the draft show, had a segment with Will McClay. And it was really interesting. I mean, obviously, like, he's not going to give away the keys to the castle, right? And be like, hey, we met with this guy and we met with this guy. But it was really insightful to talk about what the actual process was like. Because, listen, like, you haven't gotten that full experience for the last two years for obvious reasons, right? And they got it back again. And, you know, do you think that because of that, things are really going to change? Or do you feel like, hey, listen, like they learned they could do it remotely. They found some alternative solutions. And it's just kind of going to be like the guys that shine through, shine through because they're just freaks, like you just said. Uh, I guess it depends on whose perspective it's from. Because for players, what's really interesting about it is when guys like opted out of the COVID year for whatever reasons, mm -hmm. a lot of them were freaking awesome. Uh, Micah Parsons was an opt-out right? and ha was a phenomenal rookie. Jamar Chase was an opt-out, phenomenal rookie. Rashawn Slater, the left tackle of the Chargers, opt-out, phenomenal season. It's, it's funny because even as like a 19 or 20-year-old, you find out that you can prepare for life in the NFL without actually having pads on and getting hit. You can prepare yourself with the skills. Uh, you can do those things. Now it takes a pretty special player because you have to have you have to already have the tape in the bank of I'm this good to be able to do that. So like for the players, I think that you could see more and more guys skipping more and more things because they're going, what's the point? You've already seen that I can play. I can't really help myself here. Forget that. Right. From, from the team's perspective. I think the combine has a ton of value and the Cowboys have an advantage in this too, because you don't know, like when I scout players, I'll tell people what I see on tape. That's what I got. Who's going to know that guy better me just watching him play or the teams who watch him play, then meet him, then meet his family, then talk to his friends, then interview him for a half hour and kind of understand how he ticks what's his competitiveness like all these different things. And I think that's what 
kind of got lost in the years where you didn't have full access is trying to figure out not how good are you at playing football at the college level and how good do we think you can be as a pro, but like, who are you? Because who are you matters. Mm-hmm. I'll bet that Micah Parsons is going to the hall of fame because Holy cow, after a year of watching him and listening to him, you know, you ain't outworking that dude ever. <laughs> no. You you are not going to outcompete that dude ever. <laughs> and those are the things that I think you figure out by being around them. So for the teams, I'm sure they're very glad to be back in person. I always say this when I'm looking at hiring people, when I talk about people that I want on my teams, players that I'd love to you know be supporting, it's the guys that hate to lose more than the ones that like to win. Give me yeah. the person that can't stand the idea of failing. I want that person on my team every time, every time, like lose the entitlement of it's fun to win. Who doesn't love to win, but are you willing to roll up your sleeves and work your ass off so you can avoid being on the bottom half? Like that is what I want in a person who is on my sideline, who is on my team, who I'm going to go, go to battle with. And, and he undoubtedly is that type of player. I want to thank B suit who is uh, in the Twitch watching the show and just gifted subscriptions to five people. What a monster. Wow. And I'd like to thank Dalton Miller who stopped by and wanted to make sure to tell Kelsey Charles, he said, happy birthday. So thank you, Dalton. Um, Hey, Jeffrey, should we do a little like rapid fire? Should we do some a super chats for charity? But if you send in a question too, we will go ahead and get those answered. I also have a couple questions that we got for you too. So if you guys want to get in on the action, we're going to go ahead and, uh, do some questions really quickly. So super chat a, to get your question in and B we're going to go ahead and donate that money to charity MVP. We've been talking about it all show. It's a really phenomenal resource, merging vets and players, uh, really awesome for mental health resources for some of these people transitioning back into civilian life. So that's important. Mental health matters. And we are going to help provide some of those resources with your generous dollars. So go ahead and send those in. Um, let's start with this one first um, from Phil Snuts. Oh, the artist. No, did is, is he? Oh, I'm so glad I didn't read his middle name. You dirty dog. Oh, okay. Yeah, I forgot you that was going to be these questions. I would have gave you a heads up, but I forgot about that. Because when I was putting them in, I was like, oh, I'm not reading that one. But I didn't tell you that. <laughs> I am so glad I didn't read the full one. That's amazing. Congrats. You were this close to, to getting me. Um, but and John, John wants to know what's the total so far that we've raised in super chats yes and it, i don't have access to a running total so like i can't tell you i would guess we are somewhere around 200 to 250 dollars we're trying to get to 320 y'all okay we got to get to 320 for 32 because i'm old af and that is just where we're at these days super old super old okay so mr snuts lol he says uh, I know wide receiver at 24 probably isn't the smartest, but can adding Burks to this core be exciting? Should they take a look? Yes. Traylon Burks, Arkansas wide receiver. Everybody's freaking out because he ran like a four, five, five or something like that's bad. Don't yes. worry about that. Sometimes if somebody has a combine, that's not incredible, but he's a really, really good player. You should be happy because maybe you'll get to pick him and you wouldn't have gotten to before. Traylon Burks is a big old dude. 
225, lethal in the screen game, plays above the rim, hell after the catch. Traylon Burks is really good. Uh, if the Cowboys picked a receiver in the first round, it would depend on it would depend on what happens leading up to the draft. Obviously, I do think a deal is going to get done with Michael Gallup. We'll see about Cedric Wilson. I do think Amari Cooper will be gone, mm-hmm. so I'm open to the to the idea of a receiver at 24. And Traylon Burks is really good. Shouts out to Gimli. I hope that's a Lord of the Rings reference. I'm, it can't not be um, for the super chat. I do appreciate that. You're apparently you're gorgeous, Jeff. So. Thank you. Thank run, you. Run those. Uh, sir, is that how you respond when someone tells you you're an attractive human being? Okay. Thank you. We're going to work Talk on that. We're going to work tell on the elf. Brian Herb uh, said, why don't the Cowboys try to re-sign or trade TP, Tony Pollard? I would also like to clarify real quick. I don't understand why this hasn't caught more traction, but I like to tweet out a toilet paper emoji whenever he does something good and no one really cares about it. It's so, like, I'm proud of that, but like maybe you guys should be too. He says, wouldn't the draft pick gain from trading him be better in the next year or two than waiting for 2024. Here is the problem. And thanks, mom. My mom says happy birthday, Kelsey. Thanks, Uh, mama calves. And super chats. (laughs) And thank you, Calvin Jefferson. We'll ask your question in a second. Yes. Problem with the Pollard thing. Um, Could you trade him for something? Sure. But there's a balance to these things where it's like losing him for nothing isn't actually losing him for nothing. In the NFL, if you lose a guy when his contract's up and somebody pays him, Pollard's going to get a contract, and whatever he gets, you'll get draft pick back. You might get a fourth, you might get a fifth, whatever. And you can't always be playing the game of, I need to get the value for this player, because you're also trying to win the Super Bowl. So if it's always like, oh, this is the most I could ever get for him, who cares? He's supposed to be part of what you're trying to do. Right. Like people were trying to do that with Gallup. Uh, was that last year or the year before? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He's part of you trying to win the Super Bowl. So, yeah, there are players you could do that with in different off seasons to try to maximize winning over time. But at the same time, your good players are here to try to win the Super Bowl. So you let them try. Okay. Um, so we did get the super chat from Calvin Jefferson. Says... Do we draft the best O-lineman at 24? Why or why not? I've also been hearing that O-line could potentially be one of like the top five picks this year, which would be cool too. Let's hear it, Jeff. Um, no, you don't pick the best O-lineman only because you need to pick the best player. Um, so I have no problem picking an O-lineman because offensive line is what needs to be fixed. And if the right player is there, I'm 100% down for that. I think that would be lovely. But if you are reaching just because you have a need, you're going to look back at that and be like, God, we're idiots. We're a bunch of dumbasses. So if the right guy is available, like a guy who had a great combine, Zion Johnson, Boston College, he can step in and be your left guard, and I think he's going to be a really, really good player. Kenyon Green, Texas A&M, guard. Didn't have a great combine, but I think he could step in at left guard and be a really, really good player. Tyler Linderbaum, center, Iowa, could step in, be your starting center, be a really, really good player. Tyler! Those those three guys, sure, pick them. But if all of those guys are gone and you're just like, hey, who's the next guard? And it's a second-round graded guy and you're like, need a guard, and you pick him, you're going to watch some other guys that you knew were better go to Pro Bowls that play other positions, but you're like, well, hell, we needed a guard. And that's a bad idea. That's a bad idea. I'm running off camera real quick because Gimli, it's cool. Oh, do whatever you gotta do. Gimli's Gimli. back. I just need you to know 
uh, you're you're in good company here on said show because we like Lord of the Rings here. And just so we're abundantly clear, um, Helm's Deep, which I have bookmarked here, is one of the greatest battle scenes of all time. So thank you very much for listening to my spiel. The end. Um, okay. I do have another question for you. Yeah, we do. Jeff and I bond over this. I can maybe write in Elvish Ruins. I also have a really, really, really creepy but good um, golem voice. So there's that too. Um, Wait, what voice? Do it. <laughs> are you? Do you really want me to do this right now? What are you? I will do my golem voice if someone super chats ten dollars. Ten dollars, and we get you to do. Did you say golem? I would say golem. I always say golem. I just, I don't know. I just feel like that's kind of like how I say it. Like, whatever. Like, it's fine. Um, tomato, tomato. Okay, so uh, DC Draft said, is Jordan Davis worth 24? Would Dallas even be interested? Sorry, I was looking at something. What'd you say? <laughs> DC Draft said, is Jordan Davis worth 24? Would Dallas even be interested? Uh, yes, he's worth 24. And yesterday, I don't know if I would have said that. But he's one of the guys at the Combine makes you go, oh, because at Georgia, Jordan Davis played less than half the snaps, but he was 360 pounds. You couldn't move him, right? Run stopper, kick ass. Damn and it, he goes yeah. to the combine, and he runs in the freaking four sevens, and he jumps like he's a 100th percentile or 99th percentile defensive tackle athlete, which means we can find a way to get you into being a pass rusher because you're a mammoth great run stopper that's that athletic. Hell yeah, he's worth 24, and I don't think he'll make it there. And Daniel has <laughs> dropped 10, which means we are going to get a golem golem. Okay, okay. <clears throat> Steer for frat harbitzels. Pretty good. It's pretty good. Tell me it's good, you guys. <laughs> Not a lot of cheer for yourself, but yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Thank you so much. Harbitzels. I'm going to die alone. It's totally fine. Never ask me again when I'm single because, like, you're getting it, y'all. You are getting it. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> um, I'll do – you want to do one more? Because then I got to go back and do my other job, the one that I, like, get paid full-time for. <laughs> I, oh. like, I don't know. Probably do that. But uh, Tony Baker said, do you think that the Cowboys will give up a draft pick for a punter or a kicker? We haven't talked special teams. <laughs> when you give up, like, trade for one? No, but <laughs> – I, you know what? I think the Cowboys might draft a kicker this year. I think they might. Wow, and really? if you ask me who, I'll tell you I have no idea because uh, they're kickers. But I think supposedly LSU, OU, and Texas might have good kickers. Texas has Dicker the kicker. Dicker the kicker. Not that I'm biased. I'm 100% biased. The other guys, I don't remember their names. But in theory, sure. The Cowboys might. Hey, uh, a lot of people are thinking that maybe that impression needs to last longer. I just feel like that's the best I've got for today. <laughs> Since it's oh, my yeah. birthday, I think I can call that audible. Final call on Kelsey's birthday for Super Chat donations. Yes. Proceeds going to our friends at MVP, Merging Vets and Players, the foundation started by Jay Glazer to help those who struggle that are veterans that are former professional athletes trying to, you know, do life when you, it's time to realize, okay, what's next and who am I and where am I going? And we've been up there. It's super powerful stuff. It's super badass stuff. So last call. And then we are out of here. I'm also um, going to keep my Instagram up because I am going to have a donation link for it too on there as well. So 
You can find me at Hey Kelsey Charles on the Instagram if you want to hit a donation button for them to on there as well. And I don't know if this lasts on your channel once you're we're done being live. I'm not sure the logistics. Okay, no, it doesn't. So come to my Instagram and donate some more. The end. Yeah, I do it. All right, thank you, everybody. Um, it's a lot of fun working for yourself because I said I was going to do the show at seven o'clock, and most days I will, mm -hmm. but. Kelsey's making us drink beers tonight. So I was like, oh, okay. So I have to be gone before seven. And so I just do the show whenever I want. It's great. Um, but most of the times it'll be at seven tomorrow. Maybe, probably think so. Uh, I'm at time for Jeffrey on Instagram and on all the other things. What is that? Twitter? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Thank you, Richard, for your donation. Thank you, Vance. Kelsey, could you please give us a funny story about Jeff? We're trying to wrap this up. I have yeah. no funny stories. I do have a funny story about Jeff. One time we were hanging out at the pool at my house and he didn't realize that mineral sunscreen was like very potent. And so like his, he looked like he put like white face paint, like all over his face. I have a photo of it. I'll try and find it. It was chef's kiss phenomenal. And the most like genuine Jeff funny moment of, of a minute. Yeah. It, lasts a long time and it's really hard to get because i was like how do you get it to rub in and i couldn't it just wouldn't thank you martin who says i'm a vet it's not much she everything counts brother. love you sheepdog happy birthday kelsey keep being your sassy self all right there we go thanks guys appreciate y'all so much thanks everybody i'll catch up with you tomorrow remember you have no idea what anyone is going through so be cool to everyone